What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because building assets is what frees your future. Super unique side hustle to share today. Luke Vanderveer calls it his rank and rent business. How it works is you pick a local service niche without a ton of competition, build a generic sounding website targeting that keyword like window washing Livermore, for example. And when you get it ranking well in Google, the site starts to generate a healthy volume of leads. You find a qualified service provider to partner with to fulfill the work. Then that service provider pays you a flat monthly rent for the leads that your website is generating. This is kind of similar to the drop servicing model that Anthony and Janilka Hartzog covered a couple months ago, but is potentially more scalable because you really don't have to worry about the hiring and labor side of the business. And then you can rinse and repeat in different geographic areas or even across different niches a lot faster. For Luke, it took six months to leave the day job and 12 months to reach six figures. But stick around in this one to learn the niche selection or keyword research process, how to price the service, and how to find qualified, quote, tenants for your digital rental properties. Notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com slash rank and rent. Ready? Let's do it. There's actually a lot of research that goes into it, and it's trying to identify a profitable niche. And really, I try to stay anywhere in the U.S. You can do this anywhere in the world. I just, I'm here, so I try to focus here. But a lot of different things go into it. First one is the niche itself. Things like lawyers, plumbers, HVAC, real estate are generally really high competition. So you want to think outside the box and try to find something that's going to be a little bit easier for you you to rank in, which is why I really like the blue collar stuff. And there's other factors in there too, like competition variance. So one city, say like Dallas, Texas, that might be super competitive for a certain niche. But then if you move to you know, somewhere in New Jersey, maybe that's lower there. And then also um, seasonality. Pool builders, for example. I can do you know pool building in Florida all year round. But if I go to say... Uh, New York, we can only do it half the year. So that kind of factors in too. And then some niches aren't even available in certain places like Hawaii, obviously can't do snow removal there. So a lot of different things to think about. So that's that's definitely one piece. Um, another one is also phone driven. So it's a lot easier for us to generate leads for a business that you have to call them up to come to you, which is why I like contractors. It's very difficult to convince somebody to leave their house and enter a physical location. So that's another one. Um, Also licensing. You know, if the niche requires a license, you have to find a business who will, you know, take the leads in exchange for allowing you to use their license number on your website. So I try to avoid that. Okay. So you're you're saying I don't want a business where a license is required? No, generally not. um, Unless you know somebody in that niche or the state doesn't require it just, you know, to protect you in case, you know, you ever get a complaint on your website or something. Okay. Also city population, you know, generally I stick between 50,000 and 400,000. If it's lower than 50, typically not enough customer call volume to justify a good selling price for you to like rent that site out and make an income. And the higher you go, the more competitive it's usually going to be. So usually in that range, you can find some, what I call low hanging fruit. So those are, those are some of them. Still going down the checklist. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, no, I love all this stuff. So trying to f- target blue-collar services where the entrenched competition either doesn't have a website or their digital marketing savvy may not be up to the skills that you have. And so you might be able, your thinking is, I could get a new site 
to the top of the search results relatively quickly in this niche versus, of course, you know, yep. lawyer New York City or something like crazy competitive. Right, right. Okay. But exactly. if it's, you know, Christmas light installation, some mid-sized suburb, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, with the SEO skill set, chances are that you have more knowledge than 99% of the business owners who are doing whatever that, you know, contract type work is. So if I put up a website, I'm going to be number one in somewhere between a few weeks to a few months, even if they've been sitting at the top for the last 20 years, it doesn't matter. It'll blow right by them and then I can collect checks from this. Do you like the seasonality businesses or the seasonal businesses? I try to avoid them. I've learned my lesson just doing them enough. Like I tried snow removal is great. Got tons of leads, made a lot of money for a few months, but you know, what do you do for the rest of the year? Then that person doesn't pay you for seven months. And then they're like, ah, I don't know, should I do it again this year? So I'd rather have something that's just all the time so I can take their credit card, throw it on auto pay and they just pay it like a bill. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So blue collar service trying to go low seasonality because you're you're building them like a rental agreement, like, hey, every month we're going to send you, you know, it's going to sit at the top of Google, plus or minus any algorithm changes you're going to get. You can expect to get these leads. And when the phone stops ringing, they're like, wait, why are we still paying this guy? So, okay, that makes sense. And then mid-sized cities, you know, super small towns. Yeah, it's going to be easy to rank, but there might not be the the call volume there to justify it and avoiding the super large metro populations. So looking for that and we could probably dig up a list of, you know, cities with that side, you know, cities that might meet that criteria, cross-reference that with a list of blue-collar services, and you're kind of off to the races to start playing some competitive analysis there. Anything else you're looking for in analyzing the existing search results once you're starting to kind of put a couple of these queries together? Wikipedia's got a list of all the U.S. states and cities with population sizes. So, you know, when I started, I threw in a list, I sorted it top to bottom, like highest population down, and then I just stick within that 50 to 400K range. So that's in terms of the cities. And then for the niches, Thumbtack.com or HomeAdvisor both have, you know, tons and tons of different niches to pick from because you can hire contractors from there. So I'll just go through occasionally and look up ones I've never heard of before. And you'll see a lot of really cool ones. Or you'll just be, you know, sitting in traffic. Somebody drives by with, you know, a car wrap on the side of their vehicle that says some service you've never heard of. Yeah. So I'll look it up and see, you know, how much is this worth? Are there potentially calls for this? And that's kind of like uh, where I'm starting. But then specific to the, you know, search itself, when you're actually looking at Google, I'm going to pick whatever I think is the main keyword for that niche in that city. And there's a lot of different tools you can use to help you with this, whether you want to use like a Google AdWord planner or there's a a Chrome extension keywords everywhere. That's pretty cool. It's a paid tool now used to be free. Um, There's a free one called keyword surfer and just get a general idea of what a good keyword is. So like roofing, for example, not a great niche to be in. Definitely not. But just for the example, if I did like roofing New York city, I'm going to see 1300 searches or 1300 thousand or yeah, 1300 searches a month um, for that niche. So that's a lot of volume. So I know if I rank for that, it's going to be worth a lot of money. And then looking at the results in um, the maps and the organic, I want to see businesses that don't have a website in the maps. I want to see businesses with no reviews. 
I want to see that the businesses in the maps are different from the ones in the organic search beneath it. Um, because that means there might be a break in the chain there. I could probably um, work my way in. And I also want to see massive companies like HomeAdvisor and Thumbtack, Yelp, all in the top few results organically. Because Google prefers local businesses. So if they have national ones there, that means the local businesses in the area aren't doing a very good job. And I can jump right in. Okay, that's interesting. So when you say the map results, this is like the Google My Business you know, map that shows up for a lot of local search results and says, here are the people nearby, and you can click on them. And you're saying when you click on that listing and there's no website, that's a good sign for you. Yeah, that's a great sign because if you have a website, Google would much prefer you. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> easy wins, easy wins. Okay. As far as the service, you mentioned like roofing is is not so good, but it's like in my mind, that's like, it could be $10,000, $20,000, like roofing project. I imagine those leads are worth a, a decent amount. Is there a, a sweet spot in terms of like the price of the service that would be good to go after? I don't know that there's a sweet spot in terms of the price of the service. It's just after doing this enough in different niches, you learn the problems with each one. There's always some issue. It's just what it is. For roofing, it's usually super competitive and it's really hard to get at the top and stay there. And then if you do, it's hard to find a contractor that does good work and needs the leads. Okay. So it's a lot of it's a lot of extra variables that you have to think about. So I'd much prefer something that's a little easier to do, like tree services, for example. That's a great one. Tons of tree providers. They generally aren't as um, tech savvy. They're probably not going to rank super well unless it's a really big city. I and mean, you can usually find you know a decent provider. Okay. Tree services, stump removal, stump grinding. Okay. Start to get the gears turning a little bit on the, the world of possibilities here. Is there a minimum search volume in terms of you know what these estimator tools will throw back at you? Yeah. See, it's weird because Google gives you like estimates and numbers and stuff, but some cities, it won't show you anything. But just looking at it logically, there has to be somebody asking for those services yeah. in that area. So it's one of those things where you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt, depending on the volume and whatever. Like if I'm looking at a population size of 100,000 people and I type in plumber and it shows me no volume, like obviously that that can't be accurate. So I'm probably just going to go for it as long as the population size is there. Okay. Yeah. Everyone here has perfect pipes. Yeah. They never need any help. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so what comes next? So after we get that, uh, we found a nice niche that we think we can go for. I'm going to go out and look at all the top ranking competitors and see what content they have on their websites. And this is another thing when it's kind of plays into the niche too, when I'm choosing, I'm looking for websites that, you know, if the ones ranking at the top don't have a ton, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take everything they talk about and I'm going to write double whatever they have. So, you know, if the first guy's got five, six different topics he talks about, the next guy's got three or four, next guy's got a couple, I'm just going to add them all up and I'm going to expand on every single one of those on my site so that I am the hub. I want to be like the, the Wikipedia. Are you talking about like blog posts or just like services that they offer? Services they offer and whatever they talk about. So like, it's, it's always easier with an example, but like if you, if you wanted to picture what you would be like, you want to be like the Wikipedia of whatever the topic is. So like if you type in Michael Jordan in Google, 
Wikipedia probably comes up with this first result, even ahead of Michael Jordan's you know, website, just because it has so much information. Okay. Would it be worthwhile to look at like this carpet cleaning example that you sent over? Yeah. Yeah. You could look at that one. All right. So this is Irving TX carpetcleaning.com, one of Luke's portfolio sites. So it's got the phone number emblazoned at the top, you know, why you should trust Irving carpet cleaners. And it's mostly local business brochure style site, you know, just a couple different tabs, but a lot of the content is on this first page uh, on the homepage rather than, you know, hiding it under a services tab or something like that. Is that part of the SEO strategy? Yeah, that's a little bit of it because it's going to be whatever the homepage of the website is, is going to be kind of the main one that a lot of the links are going to. And that's going to be the one that Google is focusing on. So I want to make sure that's, you know, killer. And then, um, you know, it's interlaced with an additional of that content. It's got a lot of keywords and internal links that are linking into the other pages so that Google sees all of it. So then we build out the service pages too for each one of the services. So you know, if you were kind of planning out your website design, that homepage would be a general um, overview of what you do and maybe a little summary about each specific service you offer. And then on the inner part of the website, we're going to have a specific service page for each one of those services, you know, built out 700 to like a thousand words. And the homepage is linking to that. Okay. So under services, there's Carpet cleaning, hardwood floor cleaning, pet stains and removal or odor removal, upholstery cleaning, tile and grout cleaning. Okay, so like kind of sub-services that a carpet cleaner might do. Okay. Right, right. And this was one of the first websites, so it's not exactly following what I would say now. It actually needs a little bit of a revision, but it's got the general principles in place. I was going to say, you, you got your Google Plus link down at the bottom, so I want to remove that part. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while since I touched this one. All right, fair enough. But but it's an example of just, you know, kind of a simple, straightforward website that says, here's here's what we do. Here's what we can help you with. Call us now for a, for a quote. And that's kind of the main call to action that you want somebody to do. Now, what happens when I call this number? It goes to a contractor who's actually doing carpets and takes the leads. And that person pays a few hundred bucks in order to rent the site for me. So, you know, as soon as they're paying me that flat rental fee, anything that comes in from this site calls, you know, form fills, quote requests, it all goes straight to that provider. And if they don't want your business anymore, then you just route it to somebody else that you find to say, okay, who else is a qualified provider in this area? Right. Yep. I'll call up some other providers, see, you know, who needs the leads, who wants more business and routed over to them. It's a couple clicks of the button on the back end. And um, then it's completely out of my hands. All the calls are recorded. They're forwarded automatically. And that's um, one of the reasons there's not a lot of maintenance. I don't have to do anything to make it happen once uh, we set it up. Is that through Google Voice or some like master phone tree system? Like, because you've got a, a bunch <laughs> of these different sites. There's, yeah, yeah. There's lots of good ones out there. Um, the one I use is CallRail. It's it's just basic call forwarding, and it also records all the calls that come in. And I think you know their starter plans like fifty bucks a month or something. It's not bad. They give you a bunch of local numbers instead of having an eight hundred number on there. People don't want to call that. <laughs> okay. And um, that's pretty much it. System takes care of itself. And does that give you reporting on the back end, like so you can say, "Hey, Mister or Mrs. Client, you got." 10 phone calls last month. How many of those did you close? Like, is this still a valuable service for you? 
Yep, it's got a whole dashboard that you can customize with all the details on, you know, who called, where they called from, phone number, person's name, dates, times, all the key information you'd need. And it can even run, uh, run, you know, automated reports if you want stuff to go to you and something different to go to the client, uh, whatever it may be. You could even brand it if you want to. Okay. And so on the contractor's end, they recognize that it's a call coming in from the website so they can answer Irving carpet cleaning versus, you know, their company name might be slightly different. Right. Yeah, exactly. One of the, um, one of the cool features of the call system that actually plays a huge role in making the whole process successful is that when you set up one of the call tracking phone numbers, you can choose between branding it as a number so that when a person you know, receives the call, they can just save it and it's always going to show the tracking number. Or you can have it show the customer's phone number so they don't have to go back and ask the person for it and instead include a whisper message on the call that's basically a robot voice that only the contractor hears that says, you know, this is a call from Luke or this is a call from Irving Carpets or whatever you want it to say. Oh, okay. Just in case they need to answer with a slightly different script. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't really had an issue too many times with that. I've had a couple people say, you know, the customer's asking me why my company name is different. And my answer to that contractor was, this is essentially just the DBA. Yeah. That's basically all it is. It's just another website you own. You can say that it's yours. Uh, I don't really care. Um, we have our deal on the back end. Right. It's kind of a, a generic sounding local service-based name and, you know, whoever is providing it. Okay. I, w- I want to get back into the, you know, f- playing matchmaker, you know, finding clients, you know, finding contractors to, you know, to farm out these leads to in a moment. But I do want to address kind of like the local SEO, maybe the 80-20 of local SEO on, okay, so you set this website up, you, you know, fill in the content with all the services that, you know, somebody looking for carpet cleaning or fill in the blank niche would be interested in. And, just by virtue of doing that, you're probably not going to be discovered in Google. So what happens next to kind of push push this up onto page one? Right. So let's say you you got your content launched, your, your website looks great. You send it out there. Now Google's going to index it. And chances are you're going to end up somewhere outside the top 10 pages. And, you know, just based on numerous studies of Google, nobody's seeing you unless you're on page one. So you're just, it's like a business card it's essentially useless unless people see it and people won't unless you do some other stuff. And that next piece is local citations. So this is adding your company name, address, phone number, and typically website link okay. to other local websites and directories like Facebook, Yelp, Yellow Pages, um, City Search, AB Local, Super Pages, all these other websites that are already trusted in Google so that Google can say, hey, you're one of the crowd now. And it'll start trusting you more. So it gives you the boost. Okay. So it's kind of planting all these seeds where other sites allow you to punch in name, address, phone number, or area of service. Because you don't have a local address in, in Texas. You're in New York. If you don't have an address in the area, you could ask a friend, You know, send a postcard to the friend's house. You could go get a virtual address. Post office boxes used to work along with UPS boxes. Not so much anymore. Google has cracked down on it a little bit, but you want some kind of local address just long enough for you to receive a postcard because that's Google's 
basically their entrance entrance fee. You need to you need to be able to receive a card there so you can prove that you can serve that area. And if you do that, you essentially establish that address as you know whatever that pinpoint is on the map, and that's where your ranking is going to start. So if I want to you know rank in Irving, Texas, and I want to show up there at the top of the results, I need an address with the city of Irving. If I'm outside of it, my chances of ranking at the top of the maps are very low. Interesting. They don't necessarily love you doing this from uh, from far away, or you just have to partner with somebody locally to be able to verify that address and get that Google My Business listing. Right. Yeah. Like you can rank in the organic search results directly under the maps from anywhere. You don't need an address or anything. But if you really want to double that traffic and really have a lot of calls coming in, you want to spot in the maps that top three, like right when you search whatever the keyword is, and the spot directly under it. Could you just send it to whoever your future contractor partner is going to be if you get a good feeling or if you get a good relationship with somebody who's already providing the service? You could do that, but chances are that they might already have a Google listing out there. And in you know my case with the rank and rent stuff, I want to own the asset completely so it's not tied to anybody. So that way, if I have an issue with whoever this contractor is, I can just say, okay, you're done and find somebody else. And it's a seamless switch. Okay, so local citations, Google My Business, jumping through uh, a little bit of hoops there to make it work. Or maybe maybe you start with your own hometown. Maybe you start local. That's one way around that too. Yeah, use your house. And there's a way to set it up where it's like, this is the service area that I do. Like, So your, your home address uh, doesn't show up in Google. How about anything else on the SEO front? Like, building back. I mean, who's, who's going to link to like a carpet cleaning website? I don't know what do you do for like backlink building. <laughs> it's, it's one of the things a lot of the gurus and blogs will say that you have to create all this amazing content and earn the links. But honestly, if it's a lead generation website, it's not going to happen. So you got to spend a little bit more time on the citations. Like one of the key pieces is like people will outsource it. And if you do that, you're going to, you'll be asked for like a 200, 300 word description and the provider is going to go out there and put the same exact description in every single citation, which, you know, it's great to have all these citation sources, like you're listed in all these directories. That's awesome. But Google's duplicate content filter kicks in, and then half of those aren't going to index, which means it's not going to help you rank. So when you're doing the citations, a key piece is write a unique description for each one you do. It takes a little bit of time, but if you do it, you might not even need any links, depending on how competitive the niche is. Okay, interesting. I totally would have been the copy and paste guy. I mean, everybody does it. It's like an industry-wide thing. It's just, this is something I've noticed in the past few years. I've been watching this because I've launched so many sites. I can see what's happening. And less and less of the citations will index. And it's because of that filter. Google seeing that and they're like, why do I want to index something that says the same exact thing as this other site? And this other site over here, yeah, they want something unique. So if you do that, you have a significant advantage over thousands and thousands of businesses everywhere because people are using this for tools like Yext and um, Bright Local and all these citation tools that are heavily promoted in the industry all do the same thing. They put a duplicate, you know, slab of text on all these different sites and that's not helping you. Okay. So spend a little bit of time, create a unique description for each. I mean, you can still have an assistant or a helper do that. But if the budget is low starting out, do that yourself. 
Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on to finding a tenant for this place. So we've got the, you know, it's rank and rent. So we've got the rank part uh, taken care of, and you can do a deep dive on uh, on local SEO. Let's talk about the rent part. So you got to find a qualified local contractor who is good at what they do, but is hopefully hungry for a little more business. Right. Yeah. First thing is um, when calls start coming in, I have the call tracking phone number forward to me. And I'm essentially just going to pretend to be the secretary. Somebody's going to call up for whatever it is, you know, we'll stick with our carpet cleaning example. And they just call up and they're like, Hey, you know, is this serving Texas uh, carpet cleaning? And I'm like, yep, this is, this is Luke. How can I help you? And I just take down all their info. Then they're going to tell me all their problems with their carpets, all the stuff they need. You know, I have their phone number from the system okay, and I'll get an idea of where they are. You know, if they're actually in Irving or if they're somewhere else. I'm going to take that number down and I'm basically going to say something along the lines of, you know, all of our guys are actually out doing estimates right now. Um, let me do this. I'll put you in touch with one of them. I'll have them call you directly in a couple hours. And they're like, okay, great. Thanks. We hang up the phone and now I'm going to take that lead and I'm going to go find a contractor to fulfill it. How do you know who's any good? So you can do a little bit of research with Google. I'm looking through to see, you know, if they have some decent ratings, you can check Yelp. You can look at... I'd say look at the Better Business Bureau, but I know those can be manipulated. So that one's hit or miss. <laughs> okay. You could pay for better ratings. But I like Google and Yelp, kind of look at the stars. If they're anything, you know, four and a half, like lower than four and a half, I'm probably not even going to talk to them. I want those businesses that actually care about their customers and are going to do a good job because, you know, if they don't, it's going to get me some bad reviews on 
my website and then it's going to hurt my potential income from this. Right. One of the ways to find people though is you go to Home Advisor or Thumbtack and I just fill out the form as if I'm the customer with this issue. And then at the end, when they want contact info, I just put mine. And then when that salesperson calls up from this carpet cleaning website or this, you know, this carpet cleaning contractor, um, I'm just going to pitch them on using me instead of Home Advisor or Thumbtack for the leads and also give them this referral. Okay, so you can lead with value. Hey, I know you just paid on Thumbtack anyways. I know you just paid for this lead, so let me make it worth your while. But while I have you, here's the proposal that I like to make. Okay. Right, yeah, basically just you want some more of these. That's all it is. It's something simple. I'm not going to try to tie them down with contracts and everything. Free leads, value in advance for a few days so they can get an idea of what it's going to be like. Yeah. And they'll see the they'll see the light. Did you ever run into the the problem of like, well, you know, if the companies you're finding are already well reviewed on Google, on Yelp, they're like, Well, do I need a duplicate listing? Do I need more exposure here? Like what's the what's the appeal? Right. Yeah. It occasionally happens where we come across the business that, you know, they say we have too much or, you know, we can't handle it. And my response used to be like, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you just expand and hire more people? But some companies or some people that are running them just don't have the drive to expand. Maybe they're happy where they are. Yeah. In which case, I'm just going to change tactics. I'm now going to search one of the keywords like carpet cleaning Irving. I'm going to go back, you know, 10 pages and go through all the companies there because I know for sure that they're not getting any calls. Okay. Yeah. If they still have, I don't know. It's like, do you need the, re- and that's a good question on, on your front. Like, do you need reviews for a non-existent service before you could start to rank? It seems like a weird chicken versus the egg thing. Yeah. I mean, so you'll, you'll have your, your new Google listing up, right? You're ranked. Now you're sitting number one in the maps, number one in the organic search and people see your business and it says no reviews. And they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to call that one. So yeah. that's going to hurt your call volume a little bit. Some people are still going to call, so it'll be okay. Um, but what I'm usually telling the contractor is, listen, if you want to boost this even more and you want to really ramp up the calls that I'm sending you, I need you to take the next person you serve through this website and have them write a review on this Google My Business. Like, I'll, I'll pay you 50 bucks if you can get somebody to review it. And well, I don't care whether they do it themselves or if they want to have a friend review it or whether the person actually does some work and reviews it. I do need some kind of review on there just so people see that it's legit and that, um, you know, the service actually helps people. Gotcha. Because, you know, once it's in this other company's hands, once it's in the contractor's hands, their process may be to collect reviews for their own profile or their own Facebook page or something. Okay. I have to find a way to incentivize them to do it. And it's usually something I've found a a few different ways to do this. One would be, I will give them a discount on the rental fee for, you know, the first month, if they get some reviews on there. Another one would be just to give them like a, a business card. And on that business card, I would put a direct link to the Google, my business profile and a, you know, a free contest run, run something like, you know, we'll give away a $200 gift card um, to somebody out of anybody who leaves a review. So then you have them give that out to everybody. Okay. And then, you know, you just pick somebody and give, you know, the prize away for one of the people who left a review and we've had a good success with that. Okay. So, you know, after you get somebody, Hey, here's, here's the pitch, you know, we're expecting, you know, based on this search volume and maybe you ran it for 
the first month where the calls came to you, like, hey, if this month was typical, we expect five to 10 calls every month, and then just name a price, like, what do you think those leads might be worth to somebody? Yeah, so I, I do a little bit of research on that ahead of time, too. So generally, when I enter a market and a certain niche, I'm going to look at what the average job is worth in that area. So, you know, uh, I was just looking at this one. So plumbing in Albany, New York, average job is $365. And that's data provided directly from HomeAdvisor. So that's a multi-million dollar company. I know they've done their research and that number's legit. Okay. So now if this website is getting 30, 40 calls, you know, I could just multiply the number of calls by the average job. I have the potential value that I'm sending. And then I just have to factor in how many this contractor is going to close. So in my conversation with them, I'm asking them, you know, how many people are you going to close if I send you, say, 10 calls? And 90% of the time, they're going to tell me, oh, 80%, 90%. And then I'm going to push back (laughs) on them and say, give me the real number of people you're going to close because this is, uh, I need that information. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, fine, like 40%, 50%. Okay. And that'll kind of let me come up with a, a general pricing guideline. Okay. Fair enough. Across your portfolio, is there an average monthly rent for these sites? Yeah, um, it's around a thousand bucks a month. Somewhere between nine hundred and a thousand. A lot of the, if it's really, really low hanging fruit, like super easy ones and a kind of a low ticket item, they're usually going for like five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks. If it's a little bit higher ticket, then thousand, fifteen hundred. You know, I have one guy that pays three grand. It just depends on how valuable that service is. It's really interesting. You can see how it wouldn't take too many of these to really make it make a, a full-time run at it, make a full-time income out of it. It's just fascinating why somebody would, would rent the site from you versus like building it on their own. Because you make it sound like, well, it's not that complicated to, to do it. Or maybe it makes sense where it's like, okay, we can double dip our exposure versus, I don't know, it's just a weird, it's a weird one where it's like, I just... Run, run Google ads yourself or something. Like if you're really concerned with getting more leads, it's weird. Like, no, we're going to write this guy a check for a thousand bucks a month and we're just going to get these leads, book the business and we're not going to worry about it. Yeah. It's because, you know, like the ads and stuff uh, or organic's always preferable because ads, people are being bothered, right? Somebody might need it maybe. Um, so they'll call it right away, but ads are usually a bother and it's harder to close those people. The leads generally are lower quality. But if it's coming organic, it's kind of a different mindset for the customer because they're seeing you and they're looking at you where you're ranked and they're like, wow, these guys are number one in this entire city. It must be for a reason. They just see where you're sitting and they're like, wow, they must be the best. So they call you. Sometimes they don't even question the price. So you can generally cherry pick the leads you want and price however you'd like, as long as it's within reason if you're able to secure that top spot. What happens when the service provider that you've partnered with has a, has a change in management, has a change in processes, all of a sudden they're not delivering the quality of work that you would like and maybe you get a bad review or just something like it's just not working out anymore. Like what's, uh, just curious about any horror stories, worst case scenario type of stuff. It, it depends on you know, if the person is one, if it's something that can be fixed and you can keep them around, or if it's something where you're just like, okay, this, this person's got to go. You know, I had one of these recently. I have a restaurant cleaning service in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, we were sending it to this guy for you know a few days just to 
basically trial it out, we probably would end up charging him around 500 bucks a month. On day three of free leads, customer called up. They're like, hey, you know, we need you to uh, clean it. And he's like, great, I'll be there tomorrow, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. rolls around, person never comes. Guy calls back the next day. And of course, I have all the recordings just listening to all this. And the guy's like, hey, you know, it's it's 10.30, nobody's here. And the contractor that I was sending the leads to was just like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that and just hung up. <laughs> wow. And I, I listened to the call. Well, I, I have a partner on some of these sites. I listened to the call. He calls me up and he's like, dude, you got you to hear this one. And I was just playing it. And I was like, why would you ever tell a customer that? How do you like that's that's your income. That's your livelihood. It doesn't make sense. So that was an instant like, dude, you're done. I just I called him up. I'm like, I heard the last call with the customer. That's it. We're done. And then we just had to find somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) It happens occasionally. There's nothing you could really do about that. You try to do your due diligence up front, but people present a a great front. You just got to test it out, see how it goes for a little bit. Yeah. Are most of these month to month or do you say like, I want a six month commitment, 12 month commitment? I do monthly. I know a lot of other people in the industry do six months, 12 months, but what I've found is that if you're doing a good job of providing leads, which if your site's at the top, it's just going to keep bringing them in. Yeah. People generally don't leave as long as you're priced decently. Like I'm, I'm aiming for my contractor that I'm sending leads to, to get a minimum 10 X return. So if I'm charging them 500 bucks, I'm bringing them at least five grand in business, usually way more. So that way it's a no brainer to keep me around. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Make it easy for them. Make it, um, money that they're happy to spend and keep spending. Right. Yeah. Cause then it's less stuff for me to do too. I don't have to keep looking for new contractors. I can just leave that one and move on. I just want to rinse and repeat the process and get another 20 sites out there instead of trying to get that extra 200 bucks for this site. Yeah. Did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. Ands.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash, it's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. 
Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. How long does somebody typically stay with you? Or I mean, you've been doing it since uh, 2016-ish, like if you had clients from the very beginning, or is there some turnover here, just like, you know, a regular apartment or rental house is going to have turnover? Since the beginning, when I first started, I have not, I've lost one contractor, a single one. He ruined my stats. I had a hundred percent rate <laughs> until that guy ruined it. He basically like, it was a liquidation company. He partnered with, well, he essentially got acquired by a larger company. And that company just had no interest in continuing with lead generation. They were going a different direction. Um, so we lost that person. I had to find somebody else. But it wasn't a big deal because it took us a week to replace it. And then I still have that income. Okay. But we've, so I've lost one person. It's just, you got to choose, you know, people up front. Finding the right person is, uh, you might go through a few just trialing out leads and trying to see who's going to work out. But once they start paying you, it's pretty much game over from there. That's really interesting. They're in it for the long haul. They're saying, hey, keep them coming. What kind of time does it take to manage after this initial? content creation and local citations and this initial contractor outreach. It sounds like as long as the rankings hold, it's pretty hands off from there. But like you do anything to, you know, maintenance wise SEO, or if somehow you you drop off the first page, like, oh, the call volume dropped, you know, how are you dealing with that to try and, and bump it back up? Yeah, I mean, I know how it's going to sound, but really not, not much time, maybe a couple hours a week on like maintenance type stuff. I might go in and make and add it to a site based on something a contractor wants to do, or you know, maybe I update a theme because the you know the plugin's expiring or something. That's about it um, in terms of ranking the site. Once it gets there, it generally stays if you do the work correctly the first time. On the occasional time where there's an issue, you know, you might have to do some more links to try to push your site up a little higher. Or you know, worst case scenario, maybe your Google My Business page goes down. I, you know, I had that happen for one of the first sites I started. I have a vehicle wraps website in Phoenix. You know, population's 1.6 million people. I was number one, number one. Now I'm still number one in organic, but my map listing disappeared um, because Google didn't like, you know, how I set it up, which, you know, it occasionally, it happens, but it's not a big deal because I can just go find another virtual office, send another postcard, and I'll be up and running again in a week. Okay. It looks like this uh, carpet cleaning site is built on... Weebly is that your your go to like tech stack for uh, just for the site structure? Uh, for beginner, I would say definitely for ease of use. You, you know, Wix or Weebly. I personally I like Weebly; it's super easy. Drag and drop everything. You know, you want to add a title to the page, you click on title, drag it over to the page. You want to add paragraph, you click on the little paragraph icon, drag it to the page. It couldn't be easier for a person who knows, you know, almost zero code like me. So. You know, the first bunch of sites were that. I built one, built it out how I wanted it. And then it has a cool feature where you can duplicate the entire structure of the website. So if you want to build, you know, nine more, the next nine are going to be really fast. You just duplicate the site and paste in new content. Gotcha. That's a, that is a handy feature. And I imagine there's 
WordPress plugins or something that will do the same thing like across different builders. But yeah, it saves you some saves you some copying and pasting. Yeah, that's the um, that's the easy route. So if you're a newbie, Weebly is a great one. If you're a little bit more advanced, you want to go the WordPress route. That's the way to go if you really want to scale. So if you get to the point where you know maybe you've you've killed your job now, you got enough of these, whatever you want to go twenty, fifty, hundred sites. That's when you go to WordPress. You build out. You, I paid somebody to do it. I took a, a virtual assistant from the Philippines. I gave them my website and I said, I want you to recreate this with a free theme and then export it as a file so that every time I want to open a new site, I could just import it, load the whole thing, paste in content and go. And I just trained a VA how to do it all for me. Look, this is uh, fascinating stuff. You know, people are starting to do the math saying, well, you got a portfolio of a uh, hundred of these things, averaging a thousand bucks a month in rent. What motivates you to keep building, keep growing? I imagine it's like a pretty nice, uh, I mean, even beyond just a lifestyle business, this is a pretty substantial operation here. What's what's going on uh, for the rest of this year? What does the future hold? So I will say, just just for clarity purposes, I want to add $100,000 a month is a lot of money. It's not that high. <laughs> 30% of the sites are rented out. 70% are in the ranking process. Somewhere page one, like bottom toward or like page two, working my way up. Okay. So all of those aren't rented out because of course some of them I built this year. So it's taking me time. Like a few of them went up last week. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's absolutely crushing it. So you don't need a job when you get a bunch of these going. Going forward, I actually, I used to do client SEO. I used to work, I learned the skill set, then I started working on other people's sites. And I just did not like being in contact with the client all the time because they were always complaining, like, uh, you know, asking me to make changes, sending reports. And it was just taking up a lot of my time, which is why I switched to this model where I essentially own this digital real estate and I just rent it out to a tenant. But a lot of those clients also at the time were always asking me, you know, how do I, how do I do this? Essentially, like, you know, teach me how to do what you're doing so I don't have to pay you. And at the time it irritated me, but thinking about it now, you know, I don't have them anymore. I've kept in touch with all of them and they're asking the same thing. So I put up a Facebook group specifically for contractors and people who wanted to kill their job by building these rank and rent websites. And I started adding them all to it. So I'm coming out with a course in a couple of weeks and it's going to be exactly how to do it. So they don't have to pay a marketing company a thousand dollar a month retainer, or, um, you know, if it's a normal person with a nine to five, just exactly how I did this, how I built the sites up and just rented it out to help those same contractors. This is 7FCTraining.com. You find links to uh, what Luke is talking about over there. Appreciate you dropping by, sharing your stuff. Again, really interesting, unique business here where it's like, yeah, I'm going to own this digital real estate and find people who would want to rent that out from me. I, I think it's genius. I'd heard about it first years ago, but you know, never really met anybody like, you know, in the trenches doing it. So I appreciate you coming by again, 7fctraining.com. Luke, let's wrap this thing up with a number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. You really just got to take whatever that business is and go for it. It doesn't matter what the business is. If you think it can work and you put in the time, you can get results. With all these different things I've done, I've had some success on each one. You can do it if you push for it. You just got to go for it take the leap. It's so true. Thanks for sharing. And we'll catch up with you soon. Appreciate the time, Nick. Thanks. 
this one definitely got my gears turning as a really interesting and unique side hustle that's a win-win-win. It's businesses getting more jobs, customers are hopefully connecting with great service providers, and you're getting paid too. Now, if it were me, I'd probably start local or semi-local. I just feel like that might be easier to build uh, relationships with service providers. You could use a keyword research tool to punch in all of the different service categories from Thumbtack or another site, and then in combination with the name of your city or town to see what the estimated search volume looks like, what the relative competitiveness looks like, and then also thinking about what the average job might cost in those service categories. It honestly sounds like kind of a fun puzzle or challenge, but let me know what you think. If you give this one a shot, I'd love to hear from you. Once again, notes and links from this episode, along with the full text summary, are at sidehustlenation.com slash rank and rent. Big thanks to Luke for sharing his insight. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet the woman selling 10,000 bucks worth of digital products a month on Etsy, all on the side. I'll see you then. Hustle on.